0: Been in a series on joy this Christmas season. Last week, joy for the weary. This week, joy for the world. And you can't have joy if you don't recognize the man of joy. And that's what this morning is all about. I read a story from some 120 years ago, published in the British Weekly, about a little girl who went to school every day and she just loved her principal. Her principal His name was Mr. Rainey. And she said, I think Mr. Rainey goes home to heaven every night and comes back to earth because he is always so happy. And she was impressed by the joy of this Mr. Rainey. And this Mr. Rainey said something that has lasted throughout the ages. He said, joy is the banner flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. I'm telling you, if the king is in residence in your heart, there'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory that just pours out of you. It's funny, the media team is always telling me to smile because when the Holy Ghost gets on me, I get a fighting look about me. And they're working with me to smile when the Holy Ghost gets on me not be so serious looking. And so I've worked diligently to walk in joy and to alert my face about the joy that lives inside of me. Amen? But Christmas is about joy. And the reason I had our praise team sing joy to the world is because I know the back story about this particular song. And the author that wrote this song. The man's name was Isaac Watts. He was a minister in the 1700s. He was a nonconformist, which basically means he was a rebel with a cause, and that cause was Christ. He was a revivalist. He wrote many hymns. How about Come Holy Spirit, Heavenly Dove? How about When I Survey the Wondrous Cross? Any hymn folks in the house? He was a great writer, but he wrote this particular song that's been the most published Christmas hymn in the last thousand years, Joy to the World, from a commentary he got from Psalms 98. And that's where I want to begin this morning. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have gained Him the victory. Somebody say, I've got the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. But the story doesn't end there. What would you say if I told you that Pastor Isaac Watts wrote this song in the middle of his greatest battle with depression. He struggled, this pastor, with mental illness his entire life to the degree that he had to resign his megachurch at 38 years of age because of his struggle with mental illness. So it's not as if he had just had a glorious experience with his spouse or his family or with his church. This song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come, was written as a declaration of what he needed to make it through the fight that he was in. Sometimes you've got to release a new song. Sometimes you've got to speak faith and speak joy so that you can have some joy. And I picture this bearded man from the 1700s, battling with depression and mental illness, possible split personality, Who is a genius, a gifted man, but struggled. And I see him with his long feathered pen, dipping it in ink, and him pinning these words from Psalm 98, wanting more out of life. He spoke to large crowds. He experienced things that we experience. But yet, he struggled. So when he says, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, my Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields, floods, and rocks, and hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. Sometimes if you're hurting, you need to repeat the sounding joy. You need to remember the good times. You need to remember when God moved for you in the past so you can experience his ecstasy in the present. I had a preacher tell me early in the ministry, I said, sometimes I don't feel it. Sometimes I wake up, I don't want to do this. Sometimes I, I don't even feel it and I preach myself under conviction. He says, when you feel like that, go back to a place when you did feel it and hold on to it so that joy will carry you to your next assignment. I'm telling you this morning, if you've lost your joy, go back to a time when you had it. Hold on to it, speak it, release a new sound and repeat it if necessary. Till the glory of God falls on your life. And be thankful for your Savior. It says, no more let sins and sorrows grow. Don't allow condemnation and guilt from the past to keep you from joy in the present. No thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. So this troubled minister and author knew that the blessings of God could fall on a cursed individual. and Fall on the cursed ground. Cursed by Adam but redeemed by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. A baby born in a manger, a place of refuge, a place where they weren't welcome but would go to a cross, a place of reproach. But there at that place of reproach, we would be redeemed for every sin we've ever committed or ever would commit. A place of refuge and reproach became our place of redemption. Which means that when that blood was shed from his side and from his brow in Gethsemane, that everything we would ever do would be paid for. You may be in a prison cell this morning of addiction or mental illness or struggle or whatever it may be. But just know your bail has been paid. Your ransom has been paid for you to experience authentic joy. This same savior born in a manger, go to the cross, rules the world with truth and with grace and makes the nations prove The glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. Jesus was born during a time of dysfunction and disunity. The nation of Israel was desperate for this joy I speak of this morning. They were desperate for fulfillment. They were desperate for hope. Maybe you're desperate for hope this morning. Joy is of a supernatural nature. It's not laughter. It's not emotion. It's a spiritual gift that comes on you from glory. And if you're going to have joy, you got to have the Holy Ghost. Joy is inward contentment in spite of all the other distractions and irregularities that we find. It doesn't have anything to do with your outward circumstances. Life may be falling to pieces all around you, but you can have joy because that inward contentment from the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with your outside circumstances. How many of you have ever been in the midst of misery and just had a laugh? You don't know where it came from. Things couldn't be going any worse, and they're going so bad, just laughter comes on you. That's the Holy Spirit bringing you joy when you need it the most. Without joy, there can be no rejoicing when prodigals come home, when sinners come into God's house. There'll be no rejoicing when sheep return, no rejoicing when people are healed. Joy is the root of rejoice. You can't rejoice without joy. Paul couldn't rejoice in suffering without this supernatural gift of joy. I'm telling you, I love Christmas traditions. I used to love Christmas morning seeing my gifts. I'll never forget one time Santa brought me a tape recorder and I had joy receiving that. But Santa had the bright idea to leave me a voice message on this tape recorder. And Santa sounded a lot like somebody I know. My joy was gone. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm telling you, you can have joy in this season. Jesus came so that we would have joy. When God brought His Son to the world, it was for the world. This joy is for the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, everybody say the world. You know, I've said this many times God's not an American. We are patriots, we love our country, and we should. But God loves people in Africa and in Guatemala and in Dominican Republic. He loves people whose shade of brown is different than your shade of brown. God loves all people. And whosoever believes on him will have everlasting life. It's joy for the entire world. Trey Hartley read these verses about the virgin Mary said she brought Fourth, her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. How will you know if you're in the midst of God's glory, you'll be afraid? Absolutely. That's what the word glory means. It's when God shines his light on you to the degree it radiates off you into the lives of other people. The Greek word doxa, one of my favorite Greek words, man. Because can't you just feel that and see that? The light of God shining on his creation, radiating off that creation into the lives of other people. That's what evangelism is. It's when God's light becomes our light and we let it shine. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what kind of joy? And say, I give you just a little bit of joy like the world gives you, great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men." So I want to challenge you to do some things. Number one, recognize the man of joy this Christmas, the innkeeper. Represents the business world. The innkeeper couldn't recognize Jesus as the man of joy or fulfillment of prophecy. King Herod wanted all the firstborn killed. He didn't recognize Jesus. The business world didn't recognize him. King Herod represents the political world. The political world didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize this joy. Born of a virgin. The Bible says King Herod was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Tell you, if you don't have joy, you're going to be troubled. It will affect every decision you make and everything you try to do. The word troubled means torn and insecure. How many of you have ever felt like that before? Torn and insecure. King Herod was. That's why he made a... Bad decision. It's because he was torn and insecure. He himself needed joy. The business world rejected Jesus as the man of joy. The political world rejected him as the man of joy. Religion wouldn't receive Jesus as the man of joy. Religion steals your joy and always wants to kill what it can't control. It's what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So the religious world missed it because it was of a charismatic nature. I don't understand the ongoing debate between charismatics and evangelicals. If you can believe a virgin gave birth, you're a charismatic. How is that not weird? How is that not Holy Ghost? You believe a virgin gave birth, but you're scared of someone praying in tongues? Really? Astronomers. Wise men. Getting revelation from the stars, traveling three years, no time with their family. Why? Because they had hope and they believed in a man of joy. They believed in a fulfillment of prophecy. How about shepherds in the field worshiping God? The religious crowd rejected him as the man of joy because it was too weird. It didn't fit their normal system. Let me tell you what I'm learning about in the kingdom of God is that God never does anything normal. You have to have faith. And you have to see it before you walk in it. You have to speak it before it happens. You have to believe it. And if you don't, it will never happen for you. And if you're weird enough to believe God, for the more, you're going to have the more. That's a kingdom principle. There is something to be said for those who can get a vision and walk it out. These wise men, three and a half years, it's not like your manger scene. They traveled, they believed. Christians today, we can't hold on to a belief for longer than 20 minutes. They had to hold on to that for three years. It's what God can do. So don't just receive the man of joy this Christmas. Release a majestic sound of joy this Christmas. Why don't you praise God again? Why don't you release that Psalm 98 praise to our God? Joy to the earth, our Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. Let me tell you. If the earth can give praise to God, which it does, we ought to be able to give praise to God. If the rocks can cry out, why can't we? Amen. To give God some praise. There's something to be said for a sound. King David was instructed as king to go into battle as soon as he heard the sound of marching. There's powerful riches in sounds. Many of you don't even think about sounds. What is God trying to say? What is God trying to do? How is God trying to speak to you in this season? It could be through a sound. Deep calling unto deep. The Bible says Ezekiel heard sounds of rushing waters. And we know on the day of Pentecost, when it suddenly came, there was a sound of what? A mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house. Sound always comes before the joy. So why don't you release a majestic sound to God this season? Number three, I challenge you to realize the method of joy this Christmas. The method of joy this Christmas. The hymn says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground, He comes to make His blessings flow, for as the curse is found. I go to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I don't want you to feel condemned if you know Christ and you're being led by the Spirit. Your past has no effect on you now if the Spirit lives inside of you. Aren't you tired of the enemy using your past to keep you from being all that God has called you to be? That's not who you are. That's what you used to do. But it never was who you were, who you are, or who you are going to be. That's just what you did. So don't allow the enemy or a spirit of religion or a political spirit to keep you from walking in the fullness that's yours. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on an account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's what the birth of Jesus was about. It was about joy that would never end. It was about joy in the Holy Ghost. It was about joy that would keep you, sustain you, fill you, move you, shift you forevermore. Romans 14 would say that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That whole text that Paul wrote was to Jews and Gentiles arguing over religious Sabbaths, dietary things, and yes, alcohol. The Gentiles thought they were free in Christ so they could do whatever they want. They ate meat, they did whatever they wanted. They drank wine, they did what they wanted. Jewish people were looking down on the saved Gentiles. And the Gentiles were judging the Jewish Christians. Paul gets in between them. And he says, let me tell you something. You're both wrong. Why? Because you're judging each other. If what you're doing, Gentile, offends someone that's religious, don't do it in front of them. But then he looks at the Jews and said, you're not spiritual either. You're missing the mark. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I'm in New York City with Kelly. I'm going to go ahead and confess this morning. I'm a mafia movie man. (coughs) Pastor Ron is too. Starting Thanksgiving, we're going to get through all the godfathers before the new year. Every year. We've had to spiritually whack a few people over the years that weren't family. Somebody say amen. So my wife surprises me and takes me to, what's the name of it? I said it wrong 38 times. Il Cortil in Little Italy. Ah, man, I felt like a mafia guy. I had my black coat she bought me. You know, they're all yelling at each other. And I get my picture taken where James Gandolfini used to sit, man. It was awesome. It brought me joy. (laughs) But when we get our picture made there, this is what the religious world has done to me. Now, we weren't drinking at all or anything like that. Don't start judging me. But... I'm getting a picture, I have to take 15 pictures because there's this much of a wine bottle in the picture. I thought, oh my God, a religious person will see that. I and mean, we're so scared of what everybody thinks. You know, we're so, we're so legalistic and worried and I don't want to ever be a stumbling block to somebody but some of you, you ain't got no joy because you're too busy being offended. You're zooming in on pictures in, on Facebook to try to find fault with something somebody's doing. And if you had the real Holy Ghost, you'd be too concerned with your own mess than to judge everybody else. That's free. So what is the method of joy this Christmas? Don't be defined by the past. Forgive people. All this preach is good, but it's hard to live out. The Bible says we've got to forgive so that God will forgive us. We miss our harvest and inheritance if we choose to stay bitter. We've got to forgive people this season. Don't be defined by the past. Understand the realm in which we live. Stop repeating the same mistakes. Let me tell you, the reason some of you don't have freedom, you keep keep dating the same kind of people, hanging with the same kind of losers, going to the same places. When God has a right place and a right time for you, you just have to walk in it. You know, you don't have to beat the bushes to find the open door. I've ne- you ha- it takes effort to miss the open door of God in the kingdom. It's a big, wide, open door. You ha- you, 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 it's hard to miss it if you're being led by the Spirit, not the flesh. Repeat the sounding joy, not the same mistakes. Repeat the sounding joy, not the same mistakes. You're this close to your blessing. Somebody listen to me. This is for you. You're this close, but you're about to quit. Don't. You're this close. You know how many times in the kingdom I've seen people this close to their miracle, this close to their dream, this close to their promotion, and then they they blow up and ruin it. Don't be that person. Repeat the sounding joy, not the same mistakes. Understand that blessings defeat curses every time. You were called to be a blessing, and you are blessed to be a blessing. Be generous. That is the method of joy. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I close here. Receive the miracle of joy this Christmas. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Another thing Kelly and I got to do was go see her favorite movie on Broadway, The Pretty Woman. How many of you sinners like that movie? A lot of you. I went to bed with Richard Gere more times than I care to admit. (laughs) Kelly's got it on DVR. I'll come up and Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, man. So for our anniversary, we went to see that musical, and it was awesome. But God speaks to me in strange ways, and I just thought, this millionaire in the play playing the Richard Gere part, could have had any woman he wanted. Could have bought anything that he wanted. But there was something about that young girl that was abandoned by his family that brought him joy. And it wasn't temporary joy. It was authentic joy. And all I could think about was Jesus. He could have anybody he wanted. He died for me, a sinner. He died for you. He died for all of us. He could have stayed in glory, reigning over all. But he came to a manger in dirt form, was spit on, crucified, and mocked. And within three years of his ministry, he he would go to the cross, But before he would say, let this cup pass. But Father, not my will, but yours be done. I'm telling you, he is the miracle of joy. Salvation is the miracle of joy. It is when God comes down and cares so much that he forgives you of all your sins, all your mess, gives you a new start, a new purpose, and a new beginning. All because of his grace, his unmerited, his undeserved favor. I tell you, the method of joy, let go of the past, repeat the sounding joy, not the same mistakes, but spend some time and in intimacy with the Father. Be thankful for the Son, for this miracle of joy named Jesus. I can remember one of our traditions growing up, was my dad and I would make a Christmas Eve run. We haven't done that in a while. We probably need to renew that tradition this year. But here's what I knew about going with dad on this Christmas Eve run. I learned it very early. My sisters taught me. They said if you go with mom shopping, she's on a budget, she's going to spend $120. And she won't go over that $120 with a pair of socks. But if you go with dad, he wants to get in and out. So grab as much stuff as you can, as quick as you can, and you'll get blessed. So we started at about eight years old. Making a Christmas Eve run. It was so fun because every, we'd be at Walmart or the mall or wherever it would be. We would buy last minute stuff. But I went because I always knew I was going to get extra stuff. And I was going to get to spend time with my dad. And I was going to get to experience gifts. You know, our Heavenly Father is the same way our Abba Father, He longs for intimacy with us. And Dr. Johnson went through all those gifts in Isaiah that we can have that are attainable. But we receive those and those are revealed through intimacy with the Father. So if you're going to receive the miracle of joy, it's about intimacy. He is Pele Wonderful. He is Counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting Father. And He's Prince of Peace. That's who He is to us. That's what God has called us to see, to do. He's called us to joy. So I want you to receive this miracle of joy that the Father has for you this morning. You say, Pastor Ronnie, how do I receive this miracle of joy? The Bible makes it real simple. By accepting His Son as your Lord and Savior the Bible says the gift of God everybody say gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you my friend shall be saved and you will receive joy unspeakable full of glory From now until forevermore. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Some of you need to receive the miracle of joy. His name is Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need joy this Christmas season, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. You might be in your greatest fight with depression, like Isaac Watts who wrote... This hymn, you might be still dealing with loss. You might be struggling in your marriage. You may be struggling in your finances. But I'm telling you, there's a miracle of joy for you. His name is Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. All you have to do is accept Him. And that'll start your process of recreation, and reconciliation. Just pray this prayer with me if you need that miracle of joy this morning. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I receive your joy. I receive your joy. Come into my heart and save me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Spirit. Use me for your glory. With every eye, eye closed, every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I just want you to look at me. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. If you're looking at me, lift your hand up just a little bit. I'm not going to embarrass you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer and you're not ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah young and old. What I'm going to ask you to do is in just a moment I'm going to ask you to come to one of these pastors and say I received my joy this morning. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to give you some information to help you get started. If you're a child, ask the person sitting next to you to walk you down the aisle so you'll have a parent or a guardian with you. The Bible says if you'll not confess me in front of men, I'll not confess you front of my father so what does that mean that means don't be ashamed of this joy don't be ashamed of Jesus this morning you say Pastor Ronnie I prayed that prayer before but maybe you didn't mean it maybe it was just words but this morning you've changed your heart towards the things of God and this morning God's moving on you and in you come to one of these pastors make it public do what the Bible says some of you you've been walking in religion forever you come to this church, you appreciate this church but you're not connected to this church why don't you come to not only a house of grace but a house of joy this morning and connect with us join this church come down and tell one of these pastors I want to be connected with a house of joy this morning maybe you need healing in your body, whatever it may be, we're here to meet your needs, would you stand on your feet heavenly father we're thankful for your joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit, for your power, for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, I'm thankful for your deity. Thankful for how you've moved today. Move on your people. Bring them into your kingdom.